Welcome to the Positive Sports Podcast. I'll be your host this afternoon, Ed Montana. Alongside me today, that's right, alongside me, side by side, not far away, not social distancing, not going through Zoom, right here, live and direct, next to me. What was your name again? I forgot. (laughs) My brother, Alex. (laughs) Alex, how you doing? Doing great, man. Feels good to finally be be back, I guess, in studio. Right, it's good to be together, right? Hold on a second. Hold on. Hold on. What are you doing? Um, I'm not. I don't want to hear about your beard, man. You you've totally disappointed me with this quarantine beard thing. Your turn. You, know, that, you need. You need a. You that know, little you comb ain't gonna make it through this beard. You need to comb, man. That little comb will not make it through this beard. So when we talked about this, I was under the impression that you were gonna just let all head and facial hair grow. And now I come to find out, A, you're still shaving your head, which yes. I think is a massive cheat. And B, you're even edging up and shaping up your, your well, beard. That's, that's, I thought we were going mountain man. Well, yeah, I, I am in, in a way. I'm just, I just. No, you're not. You're shaving. I mean, you got to let it go. Look, I got nah. freaking. Oh, dude, that looks horrible. I'm to the point it's where. It's connected to the hair on your back. It's, <laughs> you can't tell where the chest hair stops and the neck hair begins. So you're going to be like dad with oh, the yeah, fucking long string of hair coming out, the guitar strings. Yeah, I've got, no, I, yeah, and it comes around my chi, uh, dude, my, you, my my jawbone, all the way connects to the back hairline. I mean, you're starting to look like those fucking Jews from uh, Brooklyn, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah, with the little <laughs> curls on the side? They're called Hasidic, by yeah, the way. Yeah, I, I have to, I have to, uh, I, I got to shape it up somewhat, make it look, you know, a little presentable, but... See, that's why last week I was like, I don't think this thing yeah. can last much long. But, you know, like, I say that and then I get caught up doing whatever and I forget and it's fine. And then a couple of days later, I'm like, oh, this thing is itching. I got to get rid of it. Right. But then I get busy because I'm busy, man. I'm, I am I am doing stuff. Yeah, I don't believe that for one second, but okay, if you say so. <laughs> don't you like it? I don't know about you, right? But, like, <clears throat> so I've been emailing with people, texting with people. Some people I talk to often, some people I don't. And, and and people always tell me like so so what have you been up to? I'm like what do you mean what I've been up? Absolutely nothing. Yeah, that shouldn't be a question no more. Like I, I it's funny because when how mom, are you doing? I'm not doing anything. Yeah, like when mom calls me, she asks me like so what have you been doing? I'm like I, same shit. Like I don't even ask her what you've been doing because yeah. I know what you've been doing. Nothing. She sends a text every day, every other day. Hi, I hope everyone's doing well. Yeah, we're doing fantastic, Mom. We're doing shit. We like, just we're just keeping it on the down low, not telling you. I just respond with, uh, "I've been doing the same thing." Last time you asked me, someone asked me. Someone asked me the other day, like, "You got any plans for the weekend?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna run and eat." <laughs> I mean, pretty much. That's pretty much. The, those are the only two activities that like require any thought, right? I mean, sure, I sleep and I breathe. I take a piss a couple times a day, but I don't have to think about those things. But the only, like, literally the only thing I ever think about is my run, mm-hmm. where am I going, how far am I going, right. and what my next meal is. Other than that, there's nothing in my life right now that requires thought. None. <laughs> Actually, what about showering? Is there is there Optional. Purely optional. So what's what's the most days you should go during quarantine without showering? Because I, I'll be honest, I've been for the most part 
and every other day. <laughs> yeah, I'm about every other no day. No shame in my game. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm about every other day. I mean, but it's like... I mean, if I do something extra... Why bother? Like, if I go check the mailbox, I might break a sweat. <laughs> I may shower that. You know what I'm saying? Even though I showered the day before. But if I'm not doing that, I, I, I'm keeping it again, honest. Again, you're not doing anything. So... What is there to clean? Right? You've probably sanitized the fuck out of your house, right? Yeah, there's no way I can get the fucking virus. If you don't leave your... If, I, if we don't leave our house, there's no way we're getting it here. Right, right no. Because... Everything is sparkling clean in this place. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And it's not because of me, because, well, I'm the not boss. Yeah. I don't. I mean, I clean when I'm told to, but yeah, that's about guy, it. Look, if you're a guy and you're married and you've been married for, you know, yeah. more than five years, I'd say. Yeah. The boss has made sure of two things that the house is spotless and that us, the husband, are busy. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know you want me to bring up, you know, traumatic stuff like that, but, you know. Dude, right, so, my wife's white. We're Hispanic. I'm Hispanic, right? Yes. You and I are both Hispanic. Although, I could pass for a white guy. I think I could, too. <laughs> I swear, she must think all Hispanics do landscaping. She's got me out in that fucking yard like a... I, mean, I don't want to say it because it's kind of rude, but... Like an immigrant <laughs> from south of the border. Well, do the mulch. Mow the yard. Move the stones. Well, you don't expect her to do it. Well, no, but... Plus, the other good thing is you got a, you, you got a son, bro. So That's you true. put his ass to work. Oh, hell yeah. I always, and I always tell him, son, I know it sucks, but it's like a workout. It's good for you. It's, yeah, that's it. This will make you stronger when you play baseball. Plus, <laughs> plus this... Plus... Plus, this is this is my go-to when, when when I need the kids to do something, or whatever. It's like you're not doing anything else, <laughs> right? Because I mean, let's be honest. Again, what are you up to? Exactly. <laughs> because I don't want to hear. And you know, I've been. I think I've been pretty lenient, firm but lenient with with the whole the whole online schooling thing. They're not fucking doing work from eight to four. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like I'm I'm letting them work from like eight. To like two, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be that guy, right? So I know. They, well, here's my question. I so you think you've been lenient? Yeah, I think I have for the most. See, part. I've been the opposite. I've been the opposite. Now, now we both only have one that's really young enough that needs to be followed up with, right? Right, right. I've got an eighth grader. You've got a what was she fifth? Fifth. Fifth grader, right? I've been harder on my son during this corner, during this online learning mm-hmm. thing. Here's why. Mm. He does all of his work upstairs. I'm not going upstairs unless there's a fire in the house. Right, right. Right? So, I'm like, I don't know what you're doing. Right. You're probably not doing anything. Yeah. Well, and so, I always tell him, you know, and this is the way runners are, right? I'm like, look. You can do your homework or not do your homework. You can study for your test or not study for your test. You can lie to me all you want, and I'll never know. Right. But you know what I will know? When that piece of paper comes That's home, right. and those six numbers aren't what they should be, I'm going to know. Right. And don't tell me you were sick, you missed an assignment, your dog ate it, you don't have a dog. You know, all <laughs> that. Don't tell me all that shit. I go, the numbers don't lie. Right. Right? Right. And that's, you know, as a runner, right, I train for a marathon, I get a time. 
I, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't lie. Right, exactly. Right? I may have an excuse as to why I didn't go maybe a little faster, but at the end of the day, the number doesn't lie. Yeah. So I've actually been harder on them because I feel like <clears throat> this is going to become the new norm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, you know how it is. Over the course of our careers, we've had to adjust to be more electronically responsive, right? It's right. not just about showing up, right? And even both of us working from home, mm-hmm. we're probably sending the extra email or whatever so that, you know, our boss realizes that we're working or whatever. And, you know, they're going to have to do the same thing. See, so my daughter, she, she'll sit in the kitchen with me, right, and do her work. So she's not, she's not, you know, she's not going upstairs mm-hmm. or in the room or whatever. Unless she has a Zoom meeting. She'll go into the room and, you know, whatever with the teacher. But other than that, you know, I just, I, I, I'm not going to be, you know, that person that, you know, I mean, is going to be, you know, your school schedule normally is 8 to 4. You're going to be here at the house 8 to 4. Nah, like, I let her take, like, a two-hour break from, like, 11.30 to one thirty because I take, you know, lunches of two, three hours at work. So I'm like, you know, whatever. You know, be like that. And so, no, but seriously, you know, and then I just let her work until, like, Two or three, depending on, on also on, on what her workflow is, the, you know? The thing that I notice, right, is we're, like, as an adult, <clears throat> as I've gone on in my career, I've noticed that my job is almost 24-7, right? Mm-hmm. Like, once you got access to your email on your right. phone, yeah. your job kind of became 24-7. And my son's getting the same way because some teachers are starting to send emails Sunday afternoon and my mm-hmm. son's looking at it. And he's, you know, planning his day for the next day. He ain't doing homework on Sunday because he ain't that, you know, he ain't that kind of crazy. But, but it's interesting how <clears throat> they're developing more to the real world yeah. that you and I live in. And they're still in school because of this virtual online stuff. I mean, look, at the end of the day, I think, you know, <clears throat> life, sports, uh, you know, just everything, right, is it's really all about adjustment. And if you can't adjust... You're going to be, you know, you're going to just fall behind, you know, and it's going to be really noticeable at some point if you don't adjust to, you know, to the, what the parameters are, right? Currently, you're just going to fall behind and it's just going to be tough to catch up after that, right? Yeah. Like Phil Jackson said last night during the last dance, the only constant is change. That's it. And he's right. And he is. Phil Jackson, the fucking, the, the drug addict. I love that guy. He was on an acid trip back when he played with the... I would have loved to have just be chilling with him. Have you ever been on an acid trip? No. No, not an acid Neither trip. Neither have I. No. Every time I hear that word or that phrase, I wonder, like, what does that really mean? Like, what's going to happen? I've heard... I've heard some crazy stories of people being on acid, like friends and just on TV and... Some were good stories, like, wow, that sounds pretty cool, but some were like, you know, there's no way I want, you know, I'm, I'm interested in taking that. <clears throat> so so there's a guy, um, the CEO of Onnit, uh, which is a health and wellness company, nutrition company, Aubrey Marcus. Mm-hmm. He's been on the Joe Rogan podcast, right? And he's talked about his trips to Peru mm-hmm. to do ayahuasca, which is a very powerful psychedelic. And he walks you, like, I've heard a couple of them, and he walks you through the entire, his entire psychedelic experience. Mm-hmm. How he even remembers all this shit wow. is beyond me. And, and I think about <clears throat> it when I hear him, both times I've had the same thought. At times, 
it's like being on a ride on a, at an amusement park, right? At times during the ride, you're like, hey, this is great. This is fun. And at times, you're so scared. You're like, yeah. get me off this damn right. thing. Right. And when I hear him tell the story of what he's going through in these psychedelic experiences, I'm like, you know, I'm listening to a part of it. And I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. Just listening to it makes me, gives me anxiety. Like, I'm like, I, I want to get off this ride. Right. It's almost like I've got to hit pause because I can't deal with it. And then other times, I'm like... That sounds like a lot of yeah, fun, yeah. but not when I'm willing to try. Right? Yeah, yeah. The bad trips that I've heard I don't don't really do it for me. Like yeah. I, I, I'm actually I would be scared to take it. Actually, you know what's funny about that is it's really no different than drinking. Yet we've both gotten drunk, right? There's a time when you're drinking and you're drunk. You got that good buzz going. It's a great time, right? And then there are times when you're like, you know, puking and shit on yourself. <clears throat> Yeah, but I I think acid, I think you can't control the acid. Well, you can't control the, once you're drunk, you can't really control the drinking either. Yeah, but I feel like the drink, you, you can sober up quicker than you can sober up on, you know, being on a trip, right? Like you fucking just eat some bread <clears throat> well, and, no, and, and you're well, good, right? The one, the one difference, the one slight advantage to uh, drinking as opposed to a psychedelic experience, from my understanding, because I've never done it, is... With drinking, at some point, you can pass out, go to sleep when you wake up, and you've got a headache maybe. Right. But it's pretty. It's as far as the drunkenness, it's over. Yeah. Right? You may have a hangover, but the drunkenness is over. You can fall asleep at some point. Right. Right. Whereas with with acid, from what I understand, from having heard those podcasts with that guy, it just goes on until it goes on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Until yeah. It's you over, don't know. and you don't know when it's going to be right. over, and it's not like you can. Go to sleep or force yourself to sleep yeah, or whatever. That's kind of crazy. I think they should do a documentary just on Phil Jackson's acid trip. Oh, yeah. That would be amazing. But that guy, when you when you really stop and think about it, <clears throat> and this Aubrey Marcus guy that I'm telling you about is kind of this way. They're really, um, deep sounds so cliche, but they're really, uh, they're really like... <sighs> And the only words I can think of are deep and spiritual people mm -hmm. that really know and understand how to deal with other people, right? Like right. Phil mm -hmm. Jackson, you know, people used to joke around when he was coaching that, oh, you know, yeah, of course he wins. You know, all he's got to do is roll a basketball out there and magic happens. I mean, shoot, he had, he had, you know, Jordan and Pippen and Kobe and Shaq, you know, but, but it takes something to manage all those egos, especially we saw it last night. Yep. Uh, during episodes three and four of The Last Dance on ESPN, where, you know, the way he handled Dennis Rodman, mm -hmm. the way he handled the egos in general, right? Like, here's Dennis Rodman wanting to go on vacation in the middle of the season, and what does he do? Instead of just putting his foot down and going, no, Dennis, you can't do it, or saying, okay, Dennis, you can go, but only for 48 hours, <laughs> he brings in, he brings in Michael Jordan, and they have a Three-way conversation. Yeah. That's kind of like your daughter asking you to go out and play, and you're like, "Hold on, let me go, let me go get my son," yeah. and and we'll have a three-way conversation. That's unheard of. I've I've laughed I laughed pretty hard during that episode. I mean, it was hilarious to me, especially just hearing it from Jordan. Which I mean, it's great. I mean, hearing him be such a fucking potty mouth, um, and just hearing him explain it and. You know, just just how it was all told, 
I was cracking up during the Rodman part. Yeah, the about Rodman. Him going I to thought Vegas for... I thought the Rodman episode was the best of the four so far. Yeah, I, um, yeah. it was wildly entertaining yeah. because Rodman is wildly entertainment right. entertaining. But the other thing, the part where Rodman is talking about how he goes about rebounding, mm-hmm. to me was absolutely fascinating. Yeah, and they show him watching video of other teams, and you know. All we focus on with Rodman nowadays, obviously, is you know his relationship with North Korea, all the tattoos, the piercings, which are wildly distracting. Whenever you when whenever you see him on the screen, like for, I don't know about you, but for me, like I almost can't not like sit there and stare at his mouth and his and and his uh. nose, and it's like oh my god, there's rings everywhere, <laughs> you know. But all of that stuff really distract detracts and distracts from the. Genius. I mean, not just that he wasn't just a hardworking player. He was a genius when it came to being defensive no. and a rebounder. And and I thought that that part. The I thought the documentary did a really good job of showing that about him. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really amazing. I mean, he he played. I don't know that he his last season with the Bulls. I think he was like thirty six, and he was he led the league in rebounding or some shit. I mean, he was at or averaging. Double yeah. digits. He uh, he really is a... He averaged 27 points a game in high school. I mean, the, the guy really uh, laid it out on the floor. Yeah. For, I mean, he, for the Pistons, for the Spurs, and, and for the Bulls. You know what I mean? Well, not so much for the Spurs because he just didn't fit in there. But, I mean, he still... And, and, he, and he, he, but he was still able to be himself. Yeah, and the, other, of, the other thing that I noticed... And I noticed this when I saw his documentary, but again, watching that last night, he really, really needed the right coach. Yeah. Um, because Chuck Daly had a very special relationship with him. And Chuck Daly was also a, I thought, a back in his day, from having watched the Bad Boys documentary, uh, he had a very... He had an incredible relationship with his players, mm-hmm. kind of like Phil Jackson does. And obviously Rodman thrived under both of them. And then with Hill in San Antonio, he didn't thrive. Right. And and not not saying any that Hill was a bad coach, but Hill just wasn't the right coach for him. I think that's what mattered. Was he ever coached by Pop? Nope. I wonder how that would have been, right? You would think Pop is very similar I, to... I think, I think it would have worked. Yeah. Because... You know, if you ever hear people talk about um, Popovich in general, like his former players, mm-hmm. I mean, those guys will they'll run into a burning building. Oh yeah, man. it's yeah. just you know, and it's the same thing with Phil Jackson. The one thing that that stands out to me now is uh, is the similarities of Phil Jackson and Steve Kerr. I feel like Steve Kerr is a he managed. People can talk about. How great the Warriors team is, which I think it is, but he has to manage different egos. He's got to manage Curry and Thompson, right, to get their all their points. He's got to manage Draymond Green, who is not exactly Rodman, but they're kind of but right? they're similar. He's your right? defensive guy, and he's a little bit out. There. And then you got to manage all the role guys to to fit in, you know. So mm-hmm. now, now I really see how, where. And and Kerr went on record saying he smokes weed, right? So he's another druggie. No, but yeah. but you know, but now you got kind of get to see what 
how or how Steve Kerr became. Yeah. Right. Well, it, it's funny. Like you, when you look at those guys, there's a lot of. I think Jordan and Phil Jackson have a lot of similarities. Mm-hmm. Um, if you listen to John Paxson talk during that uh, documentary, yeah, he sounds very similar to Phil yeah. Jackson. Uh, Kerr, you've already mentioned as well as Phil Jackson, and Rodman had a Purdue. Very, well, Purdue and and Rodman had a very symbiotic relationship with Phil Jackson. So, Phil Jackson had a really like a really yeah. deep connection with all those guys that you don't normally see between players and coaches. Do you? And I, I don't want to I don't want to make this comparing Jordan to LeBron thing because there's no comparison. I think at this point, but do you get the feeling that? Jordan has is based on the four, first four episodes. Do you do you have the feeling? Because I do. Do you have the feeling that Jordan has distanced himself a little bit, not just from the accolades, but just from how he managed going from Doug Collins, right, to scoring thirty-seven points a game, to realizing and trusting Phil Jackson. Hey, I don't have to do all this. Trust your teammates. Trust John Paxson, the guy who was 5 for 5 in the NBA right. Finals game against the Lakers, right, in 91. I feel like that kind of really stands out. And, and when we're comparing LeBron and Jordan, I feel like that's, that's kind of what takes Jordan up a little bit more. Like he still, he still can do or he still did the things he was able to do, but I think buying into a system and realizing he is not... You know, he is not, he doesn't need to do it all. Where where I see the big difference between Jordan and LeBron, <clears throat> and I, I'm going to catch some heat for this, I think the, the amount that Jordan aided in the improvement of several players mm-hmm. is greater than the amount that LeBron aids. And maybe it's because LeBron has always tried to surround himself with other superstars and maybe because the game is a little bit different, that's the way you have to do it. But, you know, John Paxson, not a big deal. Horace Grant, not a big deal. Uh, Bill Cartwright, not a big deal. Heck, in my opinion, even Tony Kukoc, not a big deal. Um, Steve Kerr, all I mean, so many guys that kind of not a big deal. That I, you know, I don't think they could ever lead a team or be considered part of a big three, yet played integral roles in <clears throat> those Bulls championship teams. Whereas LeBron, you know, LeBron needs needed Wade and Bosh and Kyrie. Yeah. You know, I, I just think Jordan is a better. A better lifter upper of the go ahead people and say around. leader. I mean, he, he led. Uh, I'd I say it's, he, it's two different ways of leading, right? Uh, you know, and I don't. Well, and and yeah. he, and the other thing I don't discount to Alex is the game has changed a lot since Jordan was around. You yeah. know, the 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 whole super team thing. It's hot nowadays. Nowadays, I think even Jordan would be hard pressed to have only one wingman. And a bunch of role players. I think even in today, because how would you get past a completely healthy, you know, 
Draymond Green, Steph Curry, right. Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant the year yeah, before. Right? right. Like I don't know. It's just it seems like the game is a little bit harder that way. Which is also why I think you see a bigger disparity between the top teams and the bottom teams. <clears throat> I think it's spread out because there's there's more clusters of great players. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, it's I don't know, I just feel so like so far the documentary is Fantastic. Yeah, it's been uh, pretty good. I, I really was scared that these first four episodes was going to be a little stale for me. For me. For me personally. Because, right, I mean, we all know all the... We know most of the Chicago Bulls two, three-peat stories. The games, how they went, and, you know, who did what. And, you know, we, kind of, we, we know Dennis Rodman's personality. We know what Jordan was like. We, you know, but... Really, I mean, it's it feels like one big roller coaster that they've been they've given us, and you know we're seeing things and hearing things that we, you know, didn't well, know before. They're giving so. us a lot of color behind the characters yeah. that played such an integral right. role. In, and in I the, mean the three beat. Yes, yeah, and the behind the scenes, right, with the cameras following the the Sniff Brothers. <laughs> That's a real weird name for a freaking security team. The Sniff that was Brothers. That's hilarious. But uh, yeah, so it's 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 been pretty good. I think it's lived up to the hype and more. Yeah, so far so good. Yeah, I know I can't. I can't. You know. Would you binge watch that? I oh, mean, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. If they like, if ten hours, if they, if they just put it all on Netflix and put ten yeah. hours, I would probably eat a whole day and watch the whole thing. Yeah. I, I, I wish they would have done that. Because I, I kind because look, <clears throat> here's the thing. We binge Yest- watched so many other things, right? Yesterday, yesterday morning, I was, I mean, from early in the morning, I was thinking it's Sunday, mm-hmm. and I was like, gotta watch the last, right. gotta watch the last, it's gotta watch, you know. And when it was over, I was like, damn, I can't believe I gotta wait till next right. Sunday. Yeah. So yeah, I think I would, I would watch all ten episodes uh. one after the other. Well, just don't watch the next three Sundays, and you're good. I, I'm not because you know they're gonna they're gonna do it. ESPN they'll, they'll they'll show each and every single one at the at the end. Oh yeah, probably. So don't do it. I no, dare I'll just you. watch it again. I dare you. Don't I do it. No. Try it. Try no, it. No. Stop being a wuss. Shut up, Mister Trimming Your Beard. <laughs> hey, I, you know what's a little my hair sticking up over here. My hair's all over. You the gotta place. you gotta carry one of these, bro. I could probably you know I could probably stick a pick in this thing and it'll stay. You probably could. <laughs> You probably could. I love it. I love it. What, uh, so, did you watch any of the draft? I watched quite a bit of the first and second round. You didn't watch all the way to the seventh round? I watched Mr. Irrelevant. I like Mr. Irrelevant. I I think that's a funny little quirk that football has that other sports don't have. The The only sucky part about being Mr. Irrelevant is if you become good, right, you get remembered. Right. If you don't, you're irrelevant. Yeah, but, yeah, but think about it. For that one day, you're irrelevant. Think about it. So, so on Saturday they did rounds four through seven. Right. And aside from the players that your team drafted, you probably don't remember any other player that was drafted, mm-hmm. except for Mister Irrelevant. I'm kind of ashamed because he got drafted by the Giants. I don't remember his name. Well, I mean, not everyone remembers because it's you know it's Mr. Irrelevant. That's yeah. why he's Mr. Irrelevant. Yeah, yeah. Pretty neat. I I really enjoyed it. Um, it, you know you know what it was. <clears throat> you made this comment via text of, oh, the NFL did it right or whatever. I don't think you could have done it wrong, because the fact of the matter is we've been shut down for five weeks yeah. with no sports, 
And the draft <clears throat> was it it wasn't sports per se, right? There was no game, but it felt like it felt normal, it's, right? Right. You're trying to build your team for next season, right? And the storylines and needs and trades and, and all that stuff. So it felt like it felt like we were moving forward, even though the draft admittedly are, mm-hmm. are baby steps. Yeah. And so it, it really to me, it was like the first semblance of sports we've gotten in five weeks. Yeah, for me, it didn't feel like we were moving forward. It just felt, like you said, normal. I think the best thing the NFL did was not move the draft, right? So yeah. that's when the draft was supposed to be. That's when it was. And that's what made it feel, okay, it's normal, right? Right. First round Fridays or whatever. Thursday. Right? Thursday, second and third on Friday and, and so on. So yeah. that, I think that, I mean, they did a great job, I think. I think Roger Goodell did a great job. I think he he Roger played. Goodell, I thought was very good. I think he played the villain role very well, right? Because let's be real, he was going to get booed in Vegas, right? Well, he gets booed every year. Right. And so... Every commissioner if, But if... It, yeah, yeah. And it feels like... No, he really gets booed. But like... Dude, have you year, ever seen the hockey draft? No, no, I haven't. Batman when, really? Batman walks, when Batman walks to the mic and he says, welcome to the 2020 draft, he's got to wait 30 seconds for people to stop booing before wow. he can say something else. I didn't know that. He is the most hated commissioner really? in sports. I know, I know you hate Manfred more, but I'm telling you, Batman is the most because a lot of hockey fans view him as the the culprit for the strike that happened oh, a few okay. years ago. Gotcha. So yeah, no, I mean, I think uh, I think it was it was good. It was good. What'd you think about uh, the phone snatching? <clears throat> Give me that phone. Don't look at my. Before we go to that, my only complaint about the draft uh-huh. has to do with ESPN. And I know there's some preach. I know there's some logistical issues there, but I never got to see the actual reaction right. of a player being selected right after he was selected. I got to see it ten minutes later. Yeah. Well, by that point, I've already seen him staring down at his phone for ten minutes, and I'm like. Joe Burrow, you just got selected first. I knew, I know you knew you were going to get selected right. first, but you know, I saw ten minutes of Joe Burrow looking at his phone, yeah, uh, talking to somebody and looking at his phone, and, and so <laughs> it, it kind of that kind of took this. Look, I already didn't get the hugs and handshakes and high fives and fist bumps and all that other stuff between Goodell and the draft pick. Right, I, I at least wanted to see him, you know. Has some kind of emotion, hug his mom, whatever it is, right? Yeah. And that that and I thought ESPN did a poor job with that. I don't know if that was a logistic issue or if ESPN just dropped the ball on it. But I'd like to see that corrected before the next yeah. draft, assuming we're uh, doing a virtual thing again. Yeah. Hopefully it was just a you know right logistic thing like you say. But yeah, I didn't like that. And then knowing the pick, I mean, you they panned over to the guy, and you already knew. He was gonna be the pick. Yeah, I, just, I didn't like that. Like, how much of a delay could there have possibly been? I, I don't know. Right, and in that case, especially with Joe Burrow, like, like, don't you just have a constant feed going on that camera mm-hmm. that's in his living room because you know he's the first pick. How, so how I guess those are delay? NFL cameras, right? I don't know if they were NFL or ESPN cameras. Huh. But I mean, how much of a delay could there be? Three, five, ten seconds? It felt like 
30 seconds. Oh, no, it was way more than that. Like, I mean, sometimes they would go to commercial and we still oh, haven't seen the reaction. Yeah. So, it's like, sometimes, I'm not exaggerating when I say sometimes I think it was 10 minutes. It was crazy. Yeah. Other than that, it was... You know, like, I would have loved to have seen the cameras on Tua when he got picked because there was some question as to who was going to get picked first, him or Herbert. Right. And, you know, so I would have I would have loved to have seen a split screen of their reaction when, yeah. uh, when Goodell, uh, you know, announced them. I'll Just, tell you what, man. This, I don't... I don't study. I'm not a draft mocker, you know. You're not Alex Kuyper. No, no, far from Alex Kuyper. Although I'll tell you what, people, you know, you can people brag about Kuyper all they want. He's he's off a lot on his picks. Okay. I don't care. That's his job. (laughs) Okay. You're getting older too, but guess what? You're still pretty good at your fucking job, right? (laughs) It's your job. Thanks. I think. (laughs) I didn't say it. Your beard is saying it. Tell you, you should fucking die, bro. <clears throat> nah, bro. But like, you know, uh, this. I mean, this was a pretty deep draft, man. I mean, I, I know wide receivers was was deep, but I mean, just overall, deep. I think this was a really deep, good draft. Like a lot of players that went all the way, you know, to like the third round, fourth round. They're gonna be that. There's a lot of good guys. In a there. couple of years, they're going to be starters, yeah. I think. You know, yeah. so. So let me that ask was you. Cool. Let me ask you. So, who did not have a first round pick? The Texans, the Bills, no. the Steelers. I thought the Bills did. No, they traded out. Okay. The, the Texans, the Bills, the Steelers, the Bears. Bears. Anyone else? I think that's it. Okay. The Rams. And the Rams. So out of those five teams, mm-hmm. they made moves before the draft that is kind of their first round pick, right? So mm-hmm. the Bills got digs. Mm-hmm. The Texans did all their wide receiver movement. The Rams got rid of Gurley and did something else. Mm-hmm. Then you got the Steelers and the Bears. So mm-hmm. who did the worst on the first day without doing anything? Um, well, the Bears... Got their quarterback, I guess, right? Nick Foles during free agency. Oh, yeah, okay. Okay, so, so I guess they didn't the do... Steelers. Yeah, I would think it's, it's or the, the Steelers. Okay, yeah, there's no question then. It's definitely the Texans, bro. <laughs> I mean, okay. And then they go right before the draft and give Tunzel all that money guaranteed on top of that. That is insane. I, I, $50 million guaranteed. Listen... If Deshaun Watson is not out of there next after next next season, I will be beyond surprised. Here's my question. <clears throat> if they gave Tunsil fifty million guaranteed mm-hmm. and DeAndre Hopkins was sent packing because he asked for too much money. Yeah. How much money was he asking for? Because look if he was asking for the same thing Tunsil was asking, that's not too much money. If he was asking for $75 million, that's not too much money. No. So he had to be asking for $100 million. I mean, the highest paid wide receiver is, what, <laughs> around $18 million a year, I think? Julio Jones, I think yeah. it's, it's somewhere yeah. around there. So he had to be asking for ninety. He had to be asking for a six-year deal guaranteed. Because I'm telling you, even at five years, 75, that's 15. Mm-hmm. At Five years, 90? ninety. That's too much. Okay, so maybe he's asking for a five-year deal, but four years, seventy-two million. I'd have done it. 
for DeAndre Hopkins, I'd have done it. If you were willing to do it for Tunsil. Right. Yeah, no, I agree. I think uh, my belief is that move is to maybe try to satisfy Deshaun Watson. Like, hey, we're giving you protection here. We took away your prime prime weapon. Yeah. But we're giving you protection. We're protecting you. I mean... I, I, I don't know what direction the Texans are going, but uh, it's I don't believe it's, well, the, I, it's in the right direction. Well, my problem is offensively, I don't know what they're doing. I mean, yeah. it, the whole wide receiver thing before the draft seemed... Completely misguided to me. And then the Tunsil thing seems misguided. That seems like too much money for that guy. And you know, I don't I don't know. I and then what you I think Bill O'Brien is not gonna be here for long. No, he I don't think he will. And then the return you got for D Hop really you know, I mean you didn't I mean you're not setting you didn't try to trade up. There was no rumors of the Texans trying to trade up into the first round, you know? I Nothing. mean so well, when know. you look at when you look at what they got for Hopkins, and you look at what the Bills got for Diggs, mm. holy shit! Yeah. You know what the Bills had to give up for Diggs? You're like, what the hell? I mean, think about it, right? If you would have gotten a first, like you could have had a replacement to D Hop. That, or you could have had Simmons in the first round, right? Because right, which would have been the nice Cardinals. As well. The Cardinals took Simmons, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, so, and then the Texans also got to think about, you know, what are you gonna do with JJ Watt? I mean, I understand he's the face of the franchise. We don't know how healthy he can be going forward. He's only gonna get older. It's a lot of money on the books. Uh, but he, to be fair, you know, on the defensive line, they are set up pretty good. Yeah, I understand, but. Yeah, I, I don't know. At some point, they're going to have to make a hard decision with him unless they ride it out yeah. because he's the face of the franchise, which you know, you and I have talked about this before. This is exactly why the Patriots are successful over a long period of time. They do not make emotional decisions, and they don't make decisions based on what you've done in the past, only what you can do going forward. Which is why they let Tom Brady walk. Seriously, that dog showed no emotion during picking these draft players. Nope. A dog was fucking picking. Did you see that? Yeah. You didn't see that? Yeah, I saw that. But uh, but yeah. it was uh, I enjoyed the draft. It was pretty good. Yeah, no, it was good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, what else is going on in the world of sports? Uh, there's there are no sports. Wait, <laughs> what, what what else? What else is what else have sports teams been up to lately? It's kind of like talking to mom. The same shit. The same shit. They're opening up some basketball facilities. Yeah, but it still doesn't seem like that's a precursor to... I don't think they were, were really any closer to figuring out when. When no. the season's going to resume. Uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of states, I think, <clears throat> going back to some Rona talk, um, there's a lot of states that I think will be making decisions come May 1st, which is on Friday, or the following Monday, May 4th, as to how much they're going to open up. So I think we'll get a better idea of what the availability of states is around that time frame, which will then give us an idea of maybe sports will be able to give us a better timeline of when they're going to come back. Because look, I hate to say this, it, it kills me really. I don't think we're going to see sports in New York in 2020. I can't imagine we're going to see sports in Louisiana in 2020. Um, so I think the only way, the only way for basketball, for example, to come back 
is to have a few select locations, right? Mm-hmm. Four locations or whatever. Baseball, same thing. Baseball was talking, having having teams based in Arizona, teams based in Florida. Um, and Texas now. And Texas, right? So I think the more likely scenario for any sport, basketball, hockey, which have to uh, conclude their seasons, baseball, which has not yet started their season, is two, three, four, five locations that they house all the teams in and they play all their games there. Uh, because I don't think it's feasible to go back. I don't think it's feasible to go back to New York in 2020. Yeah. I can't imagine. And every single sport has two New York teams. So that's not going to work. So I think that's the only way. And so I think most of most I think most sports organizations are waiting to hear what states do here in the coming week uh, as far as opening up and then maybe making a plan from there. Yeah. I don't know. I think uh, I just think everybody should hold their horses, but unfortunately, and I say unfortunately because I, just, I, I don't agree with them coming back so soon. I think we're going to get sports in some kind of form or fashion, maybe in June, middle of June, is I'm guessing, just because. Yeah. Well, but, it's going to take I, some time I, but to it, you know, get it back to, you know, it's going to take some time to make to make the planning. Just to do the planning yeah, is going to take some time. I just wonder how many you know the players right the big name players if if they're all going to be on board i wonder if they're going to do a documentary on this one day oh, i'm sure i'm you sure know? we'll see plenty <clears throat> of documentaries about this one day because i mean i don't know i i want to see the big names play you know so and and you know and i i wonder too without fans you know I watched WrestleMania without fans, and that was tough to watch. It was not good. And, I, you know, I wonder, right, are they going to do, if they come back with a playoff format for, for basketball, right, Any, whatever whatever the, the playoff format is going to be, that's going to be, you know, how's that going to feel? I mean, it's, you know, Here, here's I the don't thing. know. Here's the thing that I think is going to be kind of interesting. So you mentioned WrestleMania. WrestleMania with no fans, I thought was terrible, because you could hear the grunts from the actors as they were from the wrestlers as mm-hmm. they were doing it, and you know it's not real, so it's kind of like right, yeah, right. I think basketball with no fans, especially if they put mics around the court, mm-hmm. is going to be fantastic. It's going to be a bleep show at times, but we're going to get to hear all the trash talk, right. and I think fans will. Eat that up. I wonder Here's if that's the, something that the NBA wants to put out there, though. Uh, yeah, that's the other thing, right? It, it, they if, may not if want If they to. put it out there, I think fans will love it. Except for all the bleeps, I think they're going to love it. Right. Here's the other thing. I don't know. You probably have not. If you've ever been to a hockey practice where they scrimmage, it is fascinating yeah. to hear the guys communicate. Uh, not, because it's not just verbal, right? There's there's a lot of stick clatter and, uh-huh. and stuff like that. And to hear all that stuff and to hear the crunching of the hits, I think the NHL will benefit from it. Right. Baseball with no fans is going to suck because it's, al- it's already a quiet Hey, look, ain't nobody... It, it's not like Little League where the shortstop going, hey, better, 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 <laughs> swing! <laughs> you know? But that's about the only way it's going to be enjoyable <clears throat> yeah. is if those guys start... Start chatterboxing. That's tough. Otherwise, it's going to be tough. Yeah. So I think every sport is going to be interesting in, in how they, how we react to it with no fans. Yeah. Just one man's opinion. Yeah. 
Well, we'll wait and see. Hopefully, uh, oh, isn't the UFC coming back like May next, 9th next week? I can't wait. I am. Uh, first of all, it's a stat card. <clears throat> Second of all, I miss me some fights. Right. Yeah. Because you know me, I'm a. So fight where junkie. is this going to be? Is this going to be on an island? I think. Or it, what? I think it's going to be in Florida. In Florida. So they're going to do it in Florida because because Florida, <laughs> right? Okay, is is that not pretty fucking dumb? Why? To do it in Florida. But Florida's the only one that's going to let them do it. Right, but... I mean, being the head honcho of a association like the UFC, do, do you think... That, I mean, is that is that a smart idea to do it in Florida just because, you know... Well, where else are you going to do it? You don't fucking do it. Plain and simple. Mm-hmm. Why are you going to do it in well, Florida? Because you got a seven hundred and fifty million dollar nut. I mean, how much did you buy the fucking UFC for? You made a ton of money. Well, that's the problem, right? So the the UFC is fascinating. In this. I, you know, I hope you yeah. probably you probably don't know all of this. Because no, I probably follow. don't. But you know what? You know what? I hate I hate to say this, but I'm gonna fucking say it just because I'm uncensored. I hope somebody gets sick. Oh, that's terrible. I don't care if it's the fucking camera guy or a fighter or whoever because... You're going to hell. That's fine. I was probably going before anyway. I already had my ticket. Probably true. Um, I hope somebody fucking gets sick because... Bro, why... You could have done it anywhere else. I guarantee you he could have done it anywhere else. No, you couldn't. No, you couldn't. Come on, man. Look, remember a couple weeks ago they were talking about doing the card... It got then leaked. just don't do it. Hold on a second. It got leaked out that they were going to do it on an Indian at an Indian casino in California, and then eventually, I guess the governor of California put some pressure on Disney and ESPN, mm, right. and they said, "Okay, we're not going to do it." So <clears throat> you can't do it anywhere. Vegas has already said they're not willing to do it yet, which is where the UFC is based out of. I think Florida is just about the only place that's willing to do it, and and look. Yeah, because they were like the first state willing to open up. Yeah, well, yeah, right. They, well, Florida's doing it. Florida's doing it for the same reason. Es uh, for the same reason the UFC wants to do it. Right. Money. Economics, right? Right. It's always economics. Right. And and look, I think it's good that they're trying to find a way. I don't know if it's the right answer or not. I disagreed with doing it a couple of weeks ago. I don't know all the precautions they're taking for the May 9th card just yet. But as we get closer, we'll know more, and I may be in favor of doing it. But here's the thing. The UFC has a contract with ESPN. Their contract requires them to put on X number of shows. I believe it's 42. Mm-hmm. They've put on eight. They have 34 to go. And we've got not 34 weekends left. Which right. means they're already going to have to do shows in the middle of the week. Mm-hmm. And that's assuming they do every single weekend. That's tough to do. And for doing 42 shows in one year... They get a $750 million check Mm -hmm. from ESPN. So obviously that's the motivation. Um, And the UFC, you know, it's a big company. They bought for a lot. It's got a lot of leverage. Right. A lot of debt that made that deal happen. So that's why they have to do it. And look, I understand your point. There's, you know, we all kind of complain about, oh, for the money, for the money, for the money. But at the end of the day, this is how capitalism works. And this is why we're going to find a vaccine before places like Russia, right? Or places like, you know, 
name a country in Europe, right? Because we push the capitalist envelope. And you may not agree. I may not agree. Someone else may agree. I, I understand all those points. But I think it is in our nature, and I think it is the best thing for our country to explore the possibilities and to push that envelope because that's what makes this the greatest country on earth. And do we make wrong decisions? Absolutely, but we make a lot of right decisions too. And it's the environment that, I don't know about you, but this is the environment I choose to live in. This is what I want from myself and from my family. And I think it's great that they're trying. I said that before with the April 18th card. Mm. And I didn't agree with it. I didn't agree with putting it on at the time. And I think the right decision was made, but we pushed the envelope to see what, what we can do. Because if we just sit around and wait, you know, it's it's gonna it's gonna. I don't mean to be overly dramatic. It's gonna kill us one way or another. We're either gonna get the Rona by being too aggressive, or we're gonna go broke and start eating each other alive by just sitting on our hands and doing nothing. So well, we'll that's see just what, that's just one man's opinion. We'll see what happens. Here's what is a fact, however. If you want to share your thoughts with us, you can do so via email, positivesports10 at gmail.com, positivesports10 at gmail.com. If you want to get a hold of this guy, Alex, how do they do that? On Twitter at BrooklynGaucho1. And if you want to get a hold of me, share your thoughts about possible UFC cards or when sports is going to open up or what it would be like to watch these sporting events with no fans, you can reach me on Twitter as well at emontana twenty one. You got anything else, bro? No. I will tell you this. I've told you this plenty of times. You are not a good-looking man. But <laughs> it is great to see you here in person. Yes, definitely. Definitely. So, at least we have that. Yeah. Hopefully, uh... Yeah. Should we have worn masks for this? No. That would have been... You know... We're like, inside the house. Bank robbers must be having a field day right now. <laughs> I know. You're not going to be able to tell who's laughing, smiling anymore. Right. Imagine being single in this environment. You go to a bar, chick's wearing a face mask, you <laughs> smile at her, but she can't see your smile. Cause Damn. You're, you know, it's not going to be good. I'll tell you what. You <laughs> it's kind of like... A, a lot more precaution. It's kind of like, remember when you were younger, right? And, you know, you hooked up with a girl and then you saw her the next morning. Right. And after you'd had a couple of drinks, you yep. see her the next morning you're like... Uh, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Now it's now it's gonna happen a lot sooner, right? You go in for the kiss, you take that mask. I was like, oh, that's wow. right. She, well, if you're not drunk enough, if she, you're not sober enough, you'll know. Yeah. But if you're drunk, you're not it won't care. matter. But yeah, all of a sudden you take the mask off. She smiles. The teeth look like dice. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. She's sporting a couple of acorns in her yeah. bill. <laughs> well, missing a few. <laughs> that would suck. Uh, it's terrible. It's terrible. Anyway, you got anything else? That's it, man. Alrighty, um, man. You've come. We've come to the end of another wonderful episode of the Positive Sports Podcast. As always, thank you very much for your patronage. You can catch us on YouTube, Podbean, Google Play, iTunes, however you choose to consume your podcast materials. Mm-hmm. And as always, folks, we will see you next week. Ignore the negativity. Be the positivity. Peace.